The Trek Files, Season 6, Episode 10, Star Trek The Next Generation Distribution List, 1990. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, Star Trek fans, hey, welcome back. All you Star Trek historians, all you, yes, canonistas, I say that lovingly, basically you know, all you Trekophiles spelled with an F, we are so glad to have you back. Hey, another deep dive into Gene Roddenberry's files with a slant on today. And uh, today we're talking about a specific person in history who does not always get her due. So listen, as always, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Trek file. Look at some documents we've got there for you. Hey, we're the only podcast with paperwork, (laughs) the fun kind. Check that out. Here's an audio excerpt. And then hang around. Be right back because I will be here with this week's guest. DeForest Research Notes. Remember Me by Lee Sheldon. Final Draft Teleplay, August 16th, 1990. Distribution. Gene Roddenberry, Rick Berman, Michael Piller, David Livingston, Jerry Taylor. Yes, Trekophiles, there you have it. The key name, Jerry Taylor there. And Jerry's the subject of our uh, of our show today. And I'm so excited to welcome back a guest to the show who can tell us plenty about Jerry Taylor. I knew Jerry too, but someone who worked with her every, every day. I'm so thrilled to have back my longtime good friend and friend of a lot of you from the convention circuit, the cruises. Uh, a lot of you know our friend Lolita Fajo. Thank you for joining us again, Lolita. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back again. And I love the topic for today. My dear friend, Jerry Taylor, my mentor. And some, yeah. And and Jerry re- didn't just retire from Star Trek. She retired from the industry through Voyager's term. So she's not around and, and she's not as active taking her share of the credit for so much of what she did. And a lot of that, I called the Janeway Army. There is so much more respect and love for Voyager than there was even in the day that Jerry deserves all that. But again, here she is starting on Next Generation and, and, try, and starting in Star Trek with Next Generation, but she'd been a long time veteran in the industry before that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, anybody can look up Jerry's Jerry's credits. She had all kinds of things. I mean, uh, oh, Matlock and Hill Street. I mean, there's just a myriad of things. She- uh, Quincy. Quincy, yes. yes. Yeah, um, yeah. The other one with, um, oh, In the Heat of the Night. I mean, there was all kinds of shows that she worked on. So Star Trek for her was a complete change of anything she had ever done. (laughs) And it petrified her at first. Um, It really did. But she was so dedicated every single night. She would take home three or four episodes to watch. And of course, in those days, they were on the big VHS clunky things. Um, But she would take one three to four home every night and watch them because she knew if she was to succeed in that on that show, she needed to understand that world. You know, it's so specific. Well, let's and let's back up because we've got the filter here the last two or three years, especially. Well, it's always been there, but especially the last two or three years of women in the industry. 
And I, I remember when I first was introduced to her, they talked to her, uh, talked about her being a triple threat because she was a writer and a director and a producer by then. But she started, I mean, I, you know, I'm doing air quotes here. She was just a mom. She yes. had a very famous husband, Dick Enberg, sportscaster. Yes. They, they later divorced. Three kids. I mean, talk about coming from that family life. I mean, the woman that you knew. No. And we're talking about her past. Jerry is very much still with us. <laughs> yes, yes. She's very much alive yeah. and kicking. But uh, yeah. no, she literally thought, what am I going to do? I am a single mom now, and I have three children. And she had dabbled in acting in college and writing in college, but she just was so focused and she got a break someplace and the rest was history. And even in the nineties, there weren't that many women with those titles. So it was really, oh yeah, it was really groundbreaking. And she was an aspiration to so many people. So now you had, yeah, you had been an assistant for, I remember always famously Bert Armas. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the namesake of <laughs> right. the tarp monster. That's right. Um, but then after he was there for his term, you, you were an assistant to different producers and wound up with Jerry. Yes, I Just... worked for Burt first mm -hmm. um, and then Maurice Hurley. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there was someone else that was briefly there whose name escapes me. Um, and then I, before Jerry, I worked for Hans Beimler and Richard Manning and then Jerry. So okay. I was I got with Jerry almost from the beginning of her time there. So we're talking early fourth season. So yeah. Michael's had a year in, and he's show running and got the thing. Famously, came in in chaos and and turn around and a merry go round and settled things down the third season. And then things exploded with Best of Both Worlds. That's right. And the show is off and running. And that's when Jerry came to yes, to Next Gen. That's exactly right. So our you know, our documents this week. The the reason I selected these. And again, hey, it's just we call these bucks. These are like a little half page. Uh, toppers you could put on top of a or any document, but right. we're starting off here with the buck for Suddenly Human by John Welpley, who was an outside writer, um, did a, a draft and did a, a, a script here. April 30th, hiatus comes, it gets into the pile of needing a rewrite by somebody, and I think it was Jerry's test out script. Okay, but she was on staff, no? Yeah, yeah maybe it was the first one they handed okay, to that, her as she came Okay, that's what I in. remember. She yes. did have the resume to come right oh, in. Oh, of right. course. She didn't have right. to be tested. Like it that. was just that sci-fi and Star, Star Trek was so particular. It Absolutely. did intimidate writers. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so that was so that's the metamorphosis of that script. Right, and, and again, she did such an incredible job on it. Well, what I love is we have our next buck here, which is July 7th. She's writing on it. They don't even have her in the script rotate on the list rotation yet. And then within the month and sooner than this, but just as a marker that we've got existing paper for. Right, right, right. Bang. Here's, I mean, but it's just that quick within a month or two. She's on. St and we should say there are plenty of writers that came to Star Trek with tons of credentials in awards. Uh, Frank about Marco comes to mind who just did not hack Star Trek. It's, right? it's not for everyone. It, it was a brutal schedule. It's sci-fi. It's a specific Gene Roddenberry world. It's a lot to take on. Yeah. Maury Hurley called it the wacky doodle. <laughs> wacky doodle. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's true. So uh, she was dedicated and that's what got her through. What was it about Jerry you think that made her come from that legit writing world? Uh, and then and be able to get over the hurdle of writing Star Trek and get, you know, and she, and she wasn't a sci-fi Star Trek no. fan. So she had to learn everything, not just, well, you know, right. and, and get comfortable with it. Right. You know, 
I don't, it's funny, I don't remember exactly how she got that job, where, who she interviewed with or their agent, because she didn't know that world. But obviously someone, whether it was Michael or who mm -hmm. saw the potential in her, and I think probably knew her work or knew her, um, and wanted to give her a shot. And I also think a big part of it is they needed to get a woman on staff. Even then, realizing. Yeah, yeah. I think that was, uh, Michael, he had a lot of foresight there, I think. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, uh, Linda had famously been on staff second season, yes. but was gone now. Right. Exactly. So, I was yeah. just going to say, Melinda was there and gone by then. You know, and here's here's a trial. Lots of people do make it on Star Trek and work for a year or two or three, but very few of them, especially with, well, you know, Michael, too. This is an age when people, all the fanboys and fangirls, like the Rons and Renees and Narains, right. the, the Ron Moores and Renee Shavriz right. and, and, and Narain Shankars and Brian Fuller's of the world hadn't percolated up in their writing careers. Right. We're still staffing shows with folks who you know, maybe they knew Star Trek, but it was just a failed three-year little show and their kids might go to, whatever. But right. all these people are learning it on the run. Yeah. But here's Jerry who has it in her to not only stick, but she's she winds up co-creating Voyager just a few years later. Which just was four amazing. Years later. Yeah. I mean, and the, the first woman captain in the history of Star Trek. So, I mean, it was, she was at the right place at the right time in a lot of ways, but she had the, the ability to carry it through. But she was she's very humble. We oh, gotta quit God. stopping with these past tense verbs. I know, no, she's she's great. And I this year, because the 25th anniversary of it was last year, as we all knew, and it kind of got sidelined with COVID. Um, but we are gonna still do the conventions coming up, hopefully, and still honor 25th anniversary of Voyager. So I'm really hoping that I can can bring her out to a couple. And um, I know she's gonna be part of our Star Trek documentary. So, well, we, yes, I wanted you to mention that, which is great. And we can you are going to ask her what was actually her personal link, because it almost sounds like it would have to be something through Michael. Yeah, that, I just can't remember. But I will ask her what that story is, because I honestly can't remember. But Did she do anything on Simon and Simon, which is Michael? Her, yes. Or her husband did. David Mosinger, who was a showrunner and a show saver. And they, she and David worked a lot together. It might be from Simon and Simon. Well, I mean, I've got a quick IMDb check. Yeah. And David passed just recently. About two years ago now. Yeah, yeah, yes. But, uh, they retired up north, up northern yes, California. California. So, um, and then her son, Alexander Enberg, was in quite a few uh, Star Trek episodes, both on Voyager and Next Generation. Right. He was Vork, very famously on, on Voyager. Yeah, yeah, right. Jerry has not been out there on the con no. circuit, and that's partly her her um, her, her shyness. I know Jerry. I know she has a feeling like I did so many interviews back in the day. What more do you want from me? But my point is, there's. A, I'm so glad you're doing a doc because there's a whole generation that has not heard from her live and firsthand, and and a, all she did with Voyager and creating Jane. Absolutely. I mean, when I talked to her a few months back about it, she said, "Ah." <sighs> I don't want to do it, but I know I have to because she's just very shy and humble and doesn't really like the attention on her. But we need her. Unfortunately, we don't have Michael and mm -hmm. we'll have Rick has agreed to join us as well. But Jerry is the woman behind it. And it's so important to get mm -hmm. voice in this documentary. So we are hoping that um, in the spring we will get to do a one on one in person interview with her for the documentary. Right. 
She's also the Indiana behind Janeway because that's her background. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Jerry's from Indiana, born and raised. So, yeah. And, you know, you, we talk about and, and Jerry famously wrote a couple of nonfiction books about all the characters, Janeway and then all the characters on Voyager that Pocketbooks right. published. But even before and was trying to establish some backstory, but even which is a thing that people are doing now. Kind of rare then. Nobody had really done it. But I also remember when I first met her, when I was working on The Next Gen Companion, she had really just had this major success and had never, it had never been done before that there was that overlap of the book world. Uh, and, and Kirsten Beyer has brought that together so much now with the current show's Discovery. But back in uh -huh. the day, there was this big wall between the book people, the authors, Absolutely. and the TV writers because it was a time thing. There was a legal rights. There was like, we can't slow down for the book people's pace, but Jerry wrote the novelization of the Spock two-parter, Unification. She was very proud of that. I yes, yes. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate. Her, All of her books are out of print because we thought it would be a really fun perk to offer to the Indiegogo mm -hmm. um, people that donate to get signed books, but they're nowhere to be found, unfortunately. But they, mm. there were three, I think, that she wrote besides the two that you just mentioned. So... Well, that's that's a bummer. Maybe maybe there'll be some time here in the months ahead to do something about that or whatever. You guys are industrious. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> well, what I you know, Jerry famously retired after four years of Voyager, retired from the industry. Yes. The industry. But got the show launched and turned things over to Brannon to run on Voyager. Yes. Um, I just and you had and you had by that time not uh, had graduated, quote unquote to being a scripts uh, coordinator. We talked about that in a prior episode. But those years, you got to know her working as her assistant. Um, what is there? A, do you remember anything about Jerry that would, um, it, it, you know, that would really inform us about her, just her personality or character or something? Well, you saw I mean, her we do? became more than just, we, were, we became friends. And mm -hmm. we would play tennis together. And, you know, our husbands would play t tennis and we would go to their house for dinner. So we had more of a, a real friendship. And, and I was also close friends with her son, Alex, that I mentioned. So she was a friend and a mentor and a mother figure to me. I think she was a mother figure to many people in that heart building, especially the young boys. <laughs> um, yeah. they, they're the first to admit it. You know, I, I got to interview Brandon a few months ago for the documentary. And of course, Jerry's name comes up right away. First, thing, you know, she was our mother and, uh, and then in a good way. Well, I remember you know, we talk about Michael's uh, open script submission policy and his willingness to, I, I could say in the beginning it was desperation. Yes, it was. But all, you know, whatever the reason was. And we talk about all those those young writers that came to the industry thanks to Michael. But I definitely remember Jerry calling them the boys. It oh, was yeah. like Jerry. And when Michael went off to develop DS9, he still had a hand in. But it was Jerry show running Next Generation oh, the last absolutely. couple of years. Yeah. And it was Jerry and the boys. Mm -hmm. You have the seasoned veteran and all these 20, late 20 something yeah. guys. Who now are running on the... major shows. Right. I One thing I do remember, aside from, you know, we talk about Jerry creating uh, Janeway and the female captain and all that. But one thing I also remember was her building up the Crusher and Troy Royals to the point where you know she's the reason why Deanna went into command, the command training. I even remember her talking about on our extras casting, you know, the crewman in the background, let's not just have everybody be a, a 22 year old. Let's have some more mature right. body types and types. I remember seeing that memo go by. I mean, Jerry has a lot of profound influence on the franchise there. That, Absolutely. Uh, 
Definitely. Yeah. And especially where the women were concerned, like you just mentioned, the two. Mm-hmm. And, and backing the two of them. So any any development that we finally got to see. And, you know, there's a, you know, Marina has this joke about what did Troy do in her spare time besides work out? <laughs> <laughs> and those, those crazy gym scenes with, with Beverly. But uh, but Jerry was part of the reason why she got what she, you know. Yeah, definitely. She got to her. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm so glad you're going to have her in the documentary. Yes. And, oh, uh, definitely. 100%. She's been a reluctant person to get to. Yeah. What's the one thing about Jerry we should know that people may not know about her? Is that is that hard to put you on the spot for? Boy, it's just tough. I mean, she's. I mean, people know this if they know her. She's just a really humble, wonderful, you know, woman. That's all I can say. I'm just always, and I hope you can get to her about what it was about that woman who, first of all, got into the industry, made a success, made a splash, became a triple threat, and then transitioned this bridge to sci-fi and Star Trek. Yes. You know, that's that's a fascinating topic. No, we will definitely, I I will be the one interviewing her for the documentary, so I will make sure to get that, because I have forgotten whatever that story is, so... That'll be good. Well, not just her coming, but then like what, you know, like what did she find in herself that that uh, blossomed? Because her first script here uh, is a, is a very human about Jono and right. the Tolarians. Right. It's a very down to very specific. It's not space battles and it's not galactic cultures. It's that little human story. And that's what really, you know, cemented her with Star Trek and probably a lot for her confidence. Yeah. She... And then I remember one of uh, my favorite episodes that she wrote was The Outcast. Um, All right. You can help me fill in the blanks because, again, I remember this very well, but it was an asexual. Right. It was Star Trek trying to do a within the bounds and the limits they had, rightly or wrongly, trying to do something about gender. That's right. About gender identity. Right. In the early 90s. uh, Forced reassignment of gender and all of that and the cultural, you know, collision over Mm -hmm. that. So, yeah. Well, I'm so glad you're doing the documentary. You're working with them. I I know you work with actors. That's your current. That's been your job now for years is uh, arranging a lot of the actors for for signings and for conventions and and the crews now. Yes. Um, But working with uh, Dave Zappone and that team on another documentary for Voyager getting its due and and you being in the middle of that. Yeah, it's really fun to be in on a production team again. been a while and especially if it means you're going to get jerry back on that's camera. right absolutely <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for being with us uh lolita and uh, so getting much. us updated on that jerry jerry needs all the attention she can get documentary or not we need to get uh, more that's of her right. out there yeah oh and there's a there is an indiegogo campaign to the month of march i believe yes. people should check so out check that out on indiegogo page or on our void doc uh youtube page and 455 films pages everywhere Great, 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 great. Well, thanks again. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Now, all of our documents and your chance to comment are available at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. That's me at larrynimacek.com. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.